Today, I want to talk a little bit more about Christ Reveals the Father. In particular, I want to talk about hearing the Father through the lens of Jesus Christ. Let's start by reading John chapter 5, verses 23 through 24. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. In this, we see that if we believe in the Father, we have eternal life. But what does it mean to believe? And what is eternal life? Let's start off with the Greek word for believe, which I'm going to try to pronounce this. I think it's pistio. The word means not just to believe, but also to be persuaded of, and hence to place confidence in, to trust, and signifies in the sense of the word reliance upon, not mere credence. And so it's translated commit unto, commit to one's trust, be committed unto. A way that I might think about this idea of believing, think about skateboards. I can believe that skateboards exist. I could even go off and purchase a skateboard and own one. But just because I own one doesn't mean I am standing on one riding it. Standing on the skateboard, attempting to ride it down the street, is more of what I would think about reliance upon. I'm very reliant on that skateboard if I'm trying to ride that skateboard down the street. I don't want to fall down onto the street, so I need that skateboard to be reliable. I also need to have a really good understanding of that skateboard and how to interact with it and work with it so that I don't fall down. So we see that believing is not just having a mental ascent here, it's more of an actual reliance. It's like every step of the way. It's as though we don't just believe in the idea of Jesus, but rather we exalt Christ himself and we come to the living person of Christ each time. What about eternal life? Whenever I had originally gotten saved, I was always taught that eternal life was dying and going to heaven. It wasn't something that happened here on this side. Uh, maybe it began on this side, but it really didn't manifest until I was dead. At least that's what I was taught. And so I was always under the impression that in order to receive eternal life, I first had to die. But if you look in Scripture, eternal, uh, the actual definition is perpetual. It's everlasting eternal since the world began so the eternal life is not just what we often refer to as eternity where we're thinking of the afterlife but i think of the time frame of eternal more like it was there in the beginning in genesis chapter 1 and in john chapter 1 in the beginning when god created the earth eternal started there and it goes all the way to the very end of any timeline and beyond that into what we traditionally think of as eternity. So eternal is not something that's going to start in the future that I just get permission to one day inherit. Eternal is something that started at the beginning of time 
and I am getting an opportunity to be invited into this eternal kind of journey with God. Life, this is the word Zoe, which is life in the absolute sense. As used here, it means eternal life is the present, actual possession of the believer because of his relationship with Christ. It is not implying a future thing that you obtain after you die. It is saying that when we believe, we rely upon the Father, we do that by hearing Jesus' words, then we have eternal life. A life that began at the creation of the world that is a powerful, powerful life. That's what Jesus said. He came to bring life and life abundantly. And we have access to that if we can believe that it is our present actual possession. There is somewhat of a war on this concept, and I believe the reason why is if we can get people to think that eternal life does not start until they die, and yet the reality is it starts this very today, today, the day that you believe in Jesus, then a lot of people will never grasp the fullness of life because they'll be waiting for their death before they even think about pursuing life. That way of thinking tends to lead us to less believing and more of a passive kind of thing. Yet, reliance upon does not tend to show a passive kind of commitment. It seems to be more active. It's uh, an intentional, an intentional direction, intentional faith that says, I am choosing to look towards Jesus in all things. The next scripture I would like to go over is Matthew chapter 17, verses 8, 1 through 8. This is the story known as the Mount of Transfiguration. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun and his garments became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Peter responded and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you want, I will make three tabernacles here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While Peter was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground and were terrified. And Jesus came to them and touched them and said, Get up and do not be afraid. And raising their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. This is a pretty cool story. I mean, you have to think that would have been really, really amazing to have witnessed. We can learn some valuable information from this particular passage. What we see here is we see you have Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. Moses really is a representative of the Old Testament law. And Elijah is a classic representative of, of the Old Testament prophets. So you've got being represented here the law, the prophets, 
which really makes up the old way of life, the old covenant, the thing that was pointing to Jesus. And then you have Jesus, the new covenant, the new way of life that's completely different from the old way of life. Peter here tries to make Moses, Elijah, and Jesus equivalent. If you notice, you know, he says, hey, let me make three tabernacles. God himself booms down from heaven with a voice that says, listen to Jesus. God is focusing us on Jesus as the one that we want to hear. Because Jesus is the one that in these days is speaking the truth to mankind. If you and I had been born before the time of Christ, then it's possible Moses or Elijah would have been the voices that we would listen to and follow. But now that we live after Christ has been revealed to mankind, we have the ability to listen to and follow Jesus Christ himself. This is important because there are still a lot of Christians that don't understand the difference between Jesus and not Jesus. A lot of people just assume that anybody that made it into the Bible is automatically Jesus. Yet the Bible itself is not Jesus. It is a book that points the way to Jesus. It is an expression of his word. But Jesus has not replaced himself with just our Bible. We, I think of the Bible as like a compass that points the way to Christ. But truthfully, I still have to come to Christ to understand it properly because he's the one that I let interpret it for me. So we need to listen to Jesus over Moses and Elijah. Remember, there was a transition from the old to the new and Jesus is the new. Very briefly, I'm going to cover a concept that we are going to expand on much, much more in depth in some future podcasts. But if you remember back in the Garden of Eden, there was the fall of man. And one of the things that shifted was after Adam and Eve partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Well, what shifted was their mind, the way they knew the world, the way they interacted with the world. And it shifted in a way that brought death to mankind. Jesus was life himself. Jesus was tempted and tested in every way as we are. But Jesus did not function from a fallen mind. He functioned from the mind of God, the Father himself. We cannot say that Moses and Elijah perfectly functioned from this because they would have been fallen men. They may have been righteous, but they still had the fall of man afflicting them. The reason this is important is because as we are learning things from people, we're going to pick up their worldviews and paradigms. And we know that Jesus coming down from heaven gives us the ultimate worldviews and paradigms that are heaven to earth. For the other people featured throughout scripture, they are all humans who are doing their best to understand heaven to earth. I don't want you to hear this as me being anti-scripture, for I love the Bible and I read it daily. What I want you to hear is I am pro-Jesus Christ, the person himself, and I am pro us still having a living relationship with him and following him and letting him be our guide through scripture. 
since he is the word became flesh and he understands it better than we do. So I want to give an example of hearing God through the lens of Jesus Christ. This is a scripture that used to cause me a little bit of trouble when I didn't understand it the best. And one question we want to ask ourselves before we go into this is, do the words of Christ give me rules to live by, or do they set me free into my newest, truest identity, which is my identity in Christ? In John fourteen fifteen, Jesus is talking, and he says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. There are two mindsets that I am familiar with that could respond to this particular scripture. Number one is this, I love Jesus, so I am going to collect all of his commandments and start keeping them. This way I can show Jesus that I love him. I like to think of this as like a backpack, where as I go throughout scripture, every time I find a commandment, I grab a five pound weight and I put it into the backpack. By the time I'm done, I have a really, really heavy backpack that's really, really hard to carry. It's a heavy load. It's a, a big burden. But Jesus said his burden was easy, gentle. So I realized that if I read with the leaven of the Pharisees, which is legalism, all I do is I go around and I collect rules, thinking somehow what Jesus wants me to do is collect all the rules of good things to do, and that if I work hard enough, then maybe one day I can look like Jesus, and I will have been transformed into something pleasing to him. But there's a second way that we can read the scripture. Instead of reading, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, as collecting the commandments and doing them to prove love, we could actually focus in on what if you love me truly means. I begin to think as I love Jesus, he loves me back. As I spend time in his presence, I become more like him. Through this process, I naturally start being like Jesus, which leads to my actions looking like his actions and naturally keeping his commandments. I no longer try to keep his commandments because I am intentional about starting with a list of rules to keep and obey. Instead, I am intentional about being loved by God so that that love flows into me and overflows from me and naturally begins to transform who I am so that I look more like Christ. And the more I become like Christ, the easier it is to keep his commandments because it's no longer me living, it's Christ living through me. We're going to talk more about the fallen mind in future episodes. But understand that scripture will either lead you further into religion, just like the Pharisees in John chapter 5, verse 39. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have life. And yet these are those which speak of me, and you won't come to me. And what Jesus is talking about here is the Pharisees are the ones, they knew the verses, they knew scripture, they had all the words on the pages memorized. 
but they had no relationship with the author of the book. This would be like me having read a book, but not having a relationship with the author of the book. That's who the Pharisees were. And because they didn't have a relationship with the author of the book, they misunderstood the intent and purpose behind many things. You notice Jesus was often harsh to the religious people. And it's because the religious people were those who kept putting unnecessary chains of bondage onto the children. And Jesus was here to set them free. So we need to make sure we do not listen to Scripture in the same way that the Pharisees did. The Pharisees really functioned from themselves instead of from the Spirit of God. It's absolutely possible to learn from the Spirit of God Himself as we are reading Scripture and to let Christ be the one that teaches us the Scriptures. Jesus must not be a distant memory of times past. He must become today's reality. He must move from an idea that we believe to a person that we interact with. 